This episode of Roto Play Podcast contains subject matter which may be triggering to some folks. So if you're triggered by, but not limited to, violence, sexual abuse, violence to women, and the death of a child, you may want to sit this one out. Come back in a couple weeks whenever we start up our new game. Nobody will fault you for that. I want my podcast to be safe, so please take this warning. And if any of that is triggering to you, please, I ask, just skip Bluebeard's Bride and move on to the next one. And with that said, into the show. Welcome to Row 2 Play Podcast. I am your game master, Kent Blue. We are an actual play podcast where I play tabletop role-playing games with my friends from all over the world. So if you're ready, grab a player sheet, grab some dice, and let's roll to play. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Rotoplay Podcast. I'm Kent Blue. I'm your game master here, and this week we are wrapping up our game of Bluebeard's Bride, and I had so much fun running this game. It was such a blast playing with Mitch, Courtney, and Lana, uh, and I can't wait to present you with this. It's been getting some pretty good feedback from part one, so I'm eager to share part two with you and see what everybody thinks. Be sure to give me lots of feedback on it, just so I know what you think about this type of content on the show. All right, tonight, if you are listening to this the day it drops, that's Thursday, January 11th, I'm going to be on Victory Condition Gaming Channel doing my top five games of 2017 with Doug and Alan Barr of Gallant Night Games. It'll be a lot of fun. Check it out at 9 p.m. Eastern there on the Victory Condition Gaming Channel. I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, That's it. I don't have any other appearances this week. I'm recording a bunch this weekend, and we're about to get snowed in here where I am, so that's going to be exciting. Luckily, everything I'm recording is through Skype and Row 20, so... Really not much else to talk about. Go check out Lana, Mitch, and Courtney and all the stuff they do. It'll be down in the show notes. Definitely read Lana's blog. Definitely go and listen to the Terror Table podcast. It's a lot of fun. It's stuff I look forward to every time they release new content. I love it so much. But with that, really, let's just get on to the show and wrap up our game of Bluebeer's Bride. Okay. I'm going to waste no time and I'm going to get to another room. All right. Because that's so, two out of two rooms where something fucky has happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you you choose uh, – which room do you choose? There's a couple, a couple – I'm going to go with one. It's, it's, on the, it's on the right, and it's it has a big archway over top of it. Okay. So It looks you, like a, a not a normal room here. Okay. So you pull out your ring of keys. Uh, you find a key that you think is going to match the door, and what does that key look like? Well, judging by the doorway, it's very large, so it uh, – it looks like it has a silver lining around the door. So the key is silver and it has a very long neck and three prongs at the end. But on the head of it, there is, it looks like a realistic anatomical heart. Okay. So yeah, you slide the key in and you turn it and it unlocks and the, you open the door. And what you see before you is this grand ballroom. It, it's large and it's it extends for you know 50 or 60 feet and it's basically barren there's a couple seats on the side there is an old gramophone off to the left uh, and there's there's a few tables where drinks could be you know people could sit at and I'm going for a drink okay yeah there's a station there is a station where drinks would be prepared yeah I'm going right there okay 
So you walk over, um, and as you walk across, the the drapes on the windows begin to move, and you hear music coming in, and you hear the sounds of of a party happening. Um, but it's all kind of disjointed and comes in, in spurts. It's not like a full, uh, consistent or constant noise. It's as, as with each step, you know, the sound comes in and comes out. And as you make your way across this this room, but even over top of all that, you hear the echoing of of your shoes as you walk across this ballroom, as if no one's there. But you do hear the sounds of this party, and you get to this bar station. You get to this bar station, and you look behind it, and there are there are three bottles, uh, all with a clear liquid. Okay, so it's either gin, vodka, and uh, okay. Am I going for one of these? Can I? Uh, I mean, you can do whatever you want. I'm going for the biggest one. Okay. Because I just want a quick swig before I keep this uh, keep this mystery going. Okay, and so it's you your grab honeymoon, it. and you're by yourself. Shit, what kind of honeymoon is this? Exactly. <laughs> so you so you grab the biggest bottle you can find, and you you pull the cork out of the top of it, and you begin to raise it to your lips, and you hear from behind you, you hear this voice is like, well, that's not very ladylike. I turn around and I say, get fucked, bud. And, the, and you see this real prim, proper lady is standing there. And she says, well, your language does not make it any better. And she says, don't you, don't you feel you should, you should present yourself as, as a lady for your husband? You have, as marrying your husband, you, you ha- there are expectations of how you should look and act and move. And, and, and imbibing in, in that drink will definitely hinder all of those. I would tell her to understand that she is speaking to me that way in my house. And she that, says, but the, uh, I'm already, I'm married, and this, she's now on my property. She says, but this is my house. Oh, boy. Um, and as you okay. stand there, you, you see, you see uh, forms, shadowy forms start to, to fill the room. They just kind of phase in slowly. Uh, even though there's a lot of shadow in the room, these darker shadows stand out. And you see some people dancing together. You see these forms dancing together, and you hear the the gramophone start to play this real uh, waltzy music. And, and now you can see that you're in this ballroom, and there is definitely this this party going on. And okay. she, she she takes the bottle from your hand, sits it down. And she says, she says, my lady, uh, this you you may be in this house now, and and this may be your house now, but it has always been my house. And she says, and your husband expects certain behavior and he expects certain graceful movements from from you i think that we should find out who she is yeah i was just gonna say to ask ask her how long she's lived here for and she kind of grabs your hand and moves you out towards the middle of the ballroom and she says i have been here long enough to know what what pleases our husband and what what displeases our husband okay and she um. takes your hand and puts it on her hip and begins to to dance around the room with you a little, or try, you know, begins to dance around the room to the music. All right, so I'm definitely confused now. Um, I'm just looking at would I go for a ring move here? Uh, you can, but as as she goes, I'll set the scene just a little bit more. And okay. So as you dance, you you um you do come from a poorer family where you probably haven't attended a lot of dances, so your steps are off, and each time you make a misstep. She kind of squeezes your hip and and her nails dig into you. And she says, no, that is improper. Let's start again. And so you start again. And whenever you mess up again, she she digs her fingernails back into your hip. Uh, and this goes on. And eventually she backs you up and just slaps you across the face. And she says, you are expected to be ladylike. 
And whenever she slaps you, you see a a red handprint show up on her cheek as in the same spot that she that she slapped you. Okay. She says, "We are expected to be and act as a woman should act, and, and our husband would expect no less than that." Okay. And as you look around the room, you see that all the all these forms have stopped and are staring. I'd ask her, "What does she mean by our 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 husband?" And she says, "Our husband, who owns this, who owns this manor, Bluebeard. He he expects he expects us to be womanlike and to always act woman." Uh, I would say that he knows who he married, and uh, ask her why she's imposing in my house. She says he knows who he married, but he also knows who who he wants you to be, who he expects you to. Be. And as as she says this, she starts moving with you again, and her steps start to falter, and you you feel. You feel blood running between your hands, as, whereas you're holding hands, dancing around the room, and you feel blood beneath your hand that's on her hip, um, and you see just these red marks that are start to, to form on her face. And she says, it, "You must always present yourself as a woman should, which means you should move with grace on the." Uh, and he throws many lavish parties, and you should move with grace. I think you gotta dirty yourself with violence here. Yeah, yeah, I was, so yeah. I'm gonna have to disable her. Okay. So make a make roll your dice and add your carnality. I got a seven plus one, so eight. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you do. You 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 definitely. How do how do you? What do you do? So how do you disable? I just push her push her away. Okay. So you push her away and she falls back and she stumbles and hits the ground and falls just flat on her back. And when that happens, all these forms begin to move in closer to you. And you start hearing more in your head than in your ears. You start hearing that it was not ladylike. That was not ladylike. That was not ladylike as these forms are all surrounding you. And the music coming from the gramophone just distorts and gets it goes from this beautiful waltz into something that's mangled and just uh, uh, hurting your ears. Well, I would probably run out of the room. Okay. Yeah. So she hits this. This woman hits the floor and is on her back, and you you make a run for the door. So whenever you go to escape a room without proposing a truth, uh, you can. But there's a there's a hard bargain and an ugly choice that you have to pay to escape. So as you run towards this this across this ballroom, all these black forms are are have kind of made a quarter, and you're hearing in your head that wasn't very ladylike, just being repeated over and over again. And as you get close to the door, um, this woman that you push down is back in front of you. And she has another another woman with her. But this woman, you can't really see. You see her face a little bit. It's kind of distorted. And you see her ankles have definitely been broken before and have, have healed not right. And her, her legs are beat up. And she said, this, this one never learned to move with grace and move like a lady. And says, I think you need to teach her. Teacher, what happens when when you cannot satisfy the or you cannot fulfill the image our husband has for you? And she kind of shoves this this small figure of a woman in front of you, and this you you see just enough of her face to see that she is she's been crying and that she's just she's frightened at the moment. And she says, "You you you must you must show her what happens when we are not not ladylike and we're not graceful." as is expected of it. Okay. So, can I still escape here? 
Oh no, you've got you. you this is the price you're going to have to pay. You're going to. Oh. It's an ugly. Yeah, you're going to have to. I'm, I'm going to have to dirty myself with violence again. Uh, you don't even have to do that. You, you you you've triggered the escape move. So now you just have to. I mean, how do you teach this woman that 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 she is not moved with grace and she needs and that's a lesson that needs to be learned. Any ideas, team? Um, can you do something nice instead of mean and give her a dance lesson? <laughs> I could potentially just so try and win her over again if I'm trapped. Well, unfortunately, none of those are options to you. <laughs> you have to. It, it is an ugly choice. So, or you, you've got to. You're going to have to show this woman that that she did not fulfill her the the image of what a woman is to her husband to get out of this room you're going to have to to reprimand her for that okay so gosh and, and game wise it's it's because you chose to escape right. so yeah all right so is this where i would cry out for help then no i think nope. you have to you have, you have, you have to, to punish her i have to punish her yeah okay well i'd run for one of those bottles that she so rudely took out of my hand okay and i would uh, smash her over the skull with it okay Okay. So oh, wow. you, you you look down in your hand, and you, and this bottle is there that that the woman took away, but it is now back in your hand. And she, and the woman that you'd been talking to earlier, that your dance partner looks at you, and she says, "I think that will suffice." So you raise it up over your hand, over your head, and this smaller form of this of this woman looks up at you with the, with the ankles that have been broken and not grown back right, and you and you bring the bottle down onto her head, and as you do it. The bottle shatters, and this woman just, her head splits open, and you can see bits of her skull fall to the ground, and you hear the, the room go silent. You hear you hear as bits of her skull just hit the ground, and you, and you see this small figure fall backwards, and blood just begins to leak out, and you step over, and you exit the door. Okay. Savage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tired of these motherfucking exes in this motherfucking mansion. <laughs> so you're back in the hallway. At this point, you can pass on. You can pass on the ring. Or yeah, you do pass on the ring whenever you whenever you escape. Okay, so I'm gonna pass it on to the witch then. And we'll we'll say and you can mark a trauma. Okay, I'll do that right now. So the witch, you have the ring. Uh, you you come out and you're not in the hallway that you were in. You are down in a dark hallway uh, and it's cold. And there's there's just two doors. There's one on the left and one on the right. Okay. And at the end of the hallway, there's a table <laughs> with a vase on it with one dying rose. In it. But you do Ooh. have two rooms, one to the left, one to the right that you can go in. Okay, I'm gonna go into the room on the left. Okay, so you walk up to the door uh, and you go through your keys and you find the key that you think would fit this door. And what does that key look like? The key is a dark blue key that's been painted and it's made out of wood, very, very strong wood. And it's short and it just has one prong on it. Okay, so you slide the key into the lock and you turn it and the door, uh, the door pushes open. And as you open it, what you see is... It's really dark and musty and cold, uh, and there's just one single lamp that's lit in the corner. Uh, but it shows, it gives off enough light that you see the glimmer of wine bottles on okay. racks. So you you've made it into a wine cellar, and it's it's quite cold. Well, I guess I want to go check out the wine bottles. You walk over to the rack of, of wine bottles, and uh, you see them. They're all most of them are empty, but there are a couple that have that have uh, dark liquid in them. Okay. Well, 
am I I am on my honeymoon. I'm all alone. I may as well crack open a bottle of wine. Okay, so you take one off and you pull you you uh, you get it open, you pull the cork out and you take a sip from it and it is very sweet wine. Very um it kind of has a watermelon flavor to it. Okay. Sounds yummy. Okay, so the wine is sweet. <laughs> yeah, it's sweet. It has kind of a watermelon taste and okay. As you drink it, it actually it goes down really smooth, um, and it, you do you, you you enjoy it quite a bit. Well, I mean, I am a wino, so that makes a lot of sense. Um, do I open another bottle? What's what else is in the room? Is it just wine bottles? Uh, it is wine bottles. You see, there is a table that has a couple wine glasses uh, okay. that is set out. Well, I gotta be classy a little bit, be a little ladylike, so I'm gonna go over to the table and grab a grab a glass. All right, so you grab a glass and you pour some wine into it, and you set the bottle down at the table, and you see the other wine bottle has it has wine in it now. And as you lift yours to your lip, you see, or to your lips, um, you see this somebody grab the bot the other wine glass, and they they also take a drink. And it's this woman with uh, really short blonde hair, mm-hmm. and she's wearing. Um, like slacks and boots, uh, and she's got a nice top that that's unbuttoned a little bit at the top and not too revealing. And and she says, "Oh, you, you've picked just a fine, fine wine. It's such a good choice." Okay, well, I'm going to have a nice glass of wine wine with this lady and maybe ask her who she is. She says, oh, "I'm I'm one of Bluebeard's brides. Uh, I like to spend a lot of my time here in the cellar, uh, away from it all. Away from." She, Away from what? Uh, just away from the the parties and the guests and and Bluebeard and all the servants. It's just so so grinding. All that just being around it all the time. And she pours herself another drink and takes a drink. And you see that that um, the bottle uh, not there. While she poured some in the glass, nothing has come out of the bottle. It still has the same amount of wine. Mm. And so she takes a drink, and then she sets her her glass down, pours more in there, and takes another drink. And she says, "I just, I need, I need something to relieve the pressure of of living up to his expectations." Okay, so I'm gonna ask her why all these brides that he's had. What kind of expectations do they have? Does he have for them? He seems to be a pretty high standard kind of guy. And she uh, she says, "Yes, he he has his standards." We're we're to be ladylike. Uh, we are to submit to him in the bedroom. We're we're to just be there for him whenever he needs us, and it's just hard. And he and if he knew, honestly, if he knew that he he forbids that we partake in alcohol. But I just I have to have the relief. And she fills up her glass and drinks it again and puts it down and fills it up. And and this bottle should be empty, but it's not. And she just keeps drinking glass after glass, and then. Eventually, she takes the glass. Um, she takes the glass and shatters it on the ground and just puts. Starts drinking from the bottle. Okay. Can I ask? I'm going to ask her about this magical bottle of wine that, that's never ending. Uh, and she, she, she pulls it out and wine runs down her mouth and drips onto onto her blouse, uh, onto her shirt. And she says, she says it's just we need. She says, I need so much of it. I need so much just to make it through. And tears start to stro- to roll down out of her eyes. And she takes the bottle and she puts it up to her mouth again and starts to drink it. She says, here. And she takes a drink and she hands it to you. And she kind of moves it to your mouth and starts to pour it into your mouth. And she says, you just, you're going to need more. You're going to need to, to be ready. 
and starts to just pour this wine on, onto your mouth and it starts to run out out of your mouth and down on your shirt and you feel it kind of starting to choke you and she takes it away and puts it back and starts to drink it and but she starts to shove the bottle into her mouth uh, and it goes down and you can see like a lump rising in her throat as she shoves this wine bottle into her mouth and the contents you just hear it uh, rushing down her throat Okay. She, gra- she she grabs another bottle and and starts bringing it towards your mouth and kind of grabs you back behind your head as she moves is forcing this bottle towards you. Okay. Well, I'll probably want to stop her from pouring the swine down my throat. Mm. <laughs> I can do it myself. Mm. Um. What can I what can I do here? Um. Keep asking see. her questions or like can I do something? Well, you can you can try to. So you can take a ring move, um, caress a whore, dirty yourself with violence. You can use your own, if you have anything from your face, um, the face that you chose. Nope. Nope, okay. So you can cry out for help for yourself, or you can give up the ring, any of those choices. Mm. I'm going to caress a whore. Okay. So I roll? Yep, and you can add your blood. So 13. Okay. So yeah, as she's bringing this bottle towards your mouth and trying to trying to get you to drink more, how, how do you caress? Uh, what do you do? Um, can I grab the bottle out of her hand and throw it at the wall? Yeah, that's fine. Yep, okay. you can do that. And I'm going to get rid of that wine bottle. Okay, so you grab it and you throw it, and it shatters against the wall, and all the contents run down the wall, and it and it looks. I mean, it's red. It's very bright red wine. And she goes and she, she, I mean, she still has this bottle of wine stuck in her, stuck in her mouth. And you could just, it, you hear just the contents of it still draining down. And she's searching for another bottle to, to, to bring to you. Okay. I guess I want, I want to stop her, obviously. So I, maybe, well, go ahead and say what you're going to say. I don't know if I need to cry out for help. Like I could just stop her. Could I not? Yeah, you can, like, maybe, like, when you caress a whore, you can maybe, like, try to calm her down somehow, like, with your touch, like, rub her face or, like, you know, try to, I don't know, run your hands through her hair. Just try to try to do something by, by touching her to help her, to help her relax or whatever. Okay, well, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna gently rub her arm and just tell her that everything's gonna be okay. She doesn't need booze to get away from... The reality of things and everything's going to be fine. Okay, so yeah, as you say it, you uh, she she reaches up with one hand and she kind of rubs your face and then she grabs the bottle out of her mouth and 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 starts to pull it out of her mouth. Um, and it and it just it seems to get stuck at times, but eventually she pulls it out and she looks at you and this wine just starts gushing out of her mouth and just so much of it comes pouring out of her mouth and she starts to retch and throw and, and gag and she starts to throw up some of the wine and this goes on for a little bit, but eventually it comes to an end and she kind of stands up and looks at you and she's like, well, she says, I wish that I, I didn't, I wish that I didn't need it. And I wish that he had, I wish that he didn't to drive me to this. Okay. So no. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, can I propose a truth about the room? Absolutely. Okay, so let's see here. I'm going to propose that 
room after room, basically. Bluebeard's wives or ex-wives or whatever they are all seem to not be able to stand up to the standard that he's setting for them. So I'm going to take a token of disloyalty towards him. Okay. And what is that token that you take? Um, I'm going to take the wine bottle that was down her throat. Okay. So yeah, you take it and you see her and she says, just prepare yourself and, and just know that, that the wine here is, is unending and that if you need it, it is here. And as, and she says that, and she gags one more time, and and just kind of fades away. Okay. All right. So, yep. You turn and you exit the room. And you're back. You're back in the first hallway that you were in. The first time, like two rooms ago, the one with the three uh, doors on each side. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to give up the ring to the virgin. Okay. Ooh, I've got control. <laughs> um. Okay. Let's see. I think I'm going to choose... Could I choose to go back downstairs? Uh, yeah. Yep, you can go wherever you wish. Yeah, I'm going to go back downstairs and go to that other room that was on the right. Okay, so you make your way back to the stairs, and you go down, you're on the landing, and you glance up at the at the painting of Bluebeard, and, and it, the painting has changed a little bit where he's looking down on you, and it's as if his eyes are following you, and he has just this smirk. And in his blue beard, there's flecks of, of red blood just throughout it. And so you, you make your way over to that room. And what, what key do you find that, that you think opens this door? Um, so it's a really long, slender key made out of ivory. Um, and at the top of it is a skeleton key. And at the top of it, there is the head of it is in the shape of a skeleton. And it has two prongs in the, on the end. Um, yeah, that's it. Okay, so you put the key in, and it turns, and the door opens, and what you open onto is a toy room um, for, like, kids, that, those kinds of mm-hmm. toys. Uh, you open, and you see this toy room, and it's, the wallpaper has, like, sailboats and stuff like that on it, um, and there's, there's really just one, a couple toys in the middle of the room. There's a really small ball, like a, uh, like a bouncer ball. And then there's mm-hmm. this doll, but the doll kind of has these sharp edges to it. Um, I'm definitely going to go for the doll um, and go investigate it. Okay. So you walk over and you pick the doll up and you look at it and, you know, it kind of cuts your hands. This doll that should be soft and... And, cut, and where you can cuddle it is, has these sharp edges that are that are protruding out of it, uh, and, and they and they kind of stick you as you pick it up. And the face is scarred and a little bit melted on one side, and the hair uh, there's only just a few strands of the hair left on it, and the the, the clothes are dirty and filthy. Okay. What memories does this item hold? Um, as you look at it, you hear you hear the sounds of, of a child playing. Uh, just normal sounds of running around the room. Um, and then you hear kind of a trip and a fall, and you hear a child cry out. Why do Bluebeard keep this item? Uh, the item definitely has, like, a personal, like, it's personalized. If you look on, uh, whenever you turn it around and look at it on the foot, there's a name written on the bottom of it. Uh, Alexandra is written on the bottom. And as you're looking at it, you hear from behind you, you hear, or you feel hands on your shoulders. And... And you hear this voice in your ear, this soft voice that says, I failed and I thought I knew what I was doing. And it's clear that I didn't, that I didn't know. I I had no idea. Okay. I turn around 
and ask her, what do you mean? When, what child? So you turn around, you see this, this older woman, probably uh, in about her mid forties. And she's wearing this dress that's buttoned up to her, to her throat that um, it's real. It shows nothing, no skin or she has long sleeves down her arm and the dress reaches all the way to the floor. And she says, I thought I was ready for motherhood. And, and I thought I knew what, what was, what I would need to do to, to raise a child. But I just, I, I failed her and I, I bought these, these toys and at the end they, they looked, they looked nice. And, but and she's, she kind of, you know, kind of her breath hitches in her throat and she starts, she starts to cry a little bit. Um, okay. I'm definitely, I think I'm going to use my, can I choose my face? Yeah. Yeah. So I went with the lily. Um, so I show her something beautiful. All right. So what do you show her? This, this woman that is, is feeling, I mean, she's crying. She's not heavy crying, but mm-hmm. she is crying a little bit. I think I'm going to show her a day with her child. That was the best day that they had before whatever happened to the child happened. So she can remember that it wasn't all bad. Okay. So uh, do you have something in mind or you want me to name? Um, maybe I will show her the day that they left the mansion and went on. Um, it was nice outside, sunny and warm. And they just took a walk together and talked about her childhood and what she was like as a child and talked about, um, you know, the future and the things that he liked. I'm going to say the child was a boy, the thing that he, the things that he liked and the things that he enjoyed. And they played games outside and just had a good picnic lunch outside together. Okay. So yeah, you, you, you remind her of this day and she starts to smile and then she, she talks about how it was just a perfect day. And she's like, and and we stopped at that store on the way back and her face kind of turns. She's like, and that's, that's where we bought the doll. And you look down in your hands and you see this, the, the doll is now changed to, it's just, it's a clean doll. Uh, it, it has the dress or the dress that's on it that is brand new. It's white. It it's ne- looks like it's never been touched before. The hair is all there. It has nice soft edges and it's, and it squeezes softly in your hand. And she says, but she says and that, that doll is just, she says, it's just the, it was the worst decision I ever made. And she says, and I hope, I hope that you, you, you can do so much better as a mother once you are a mother and, and I hope that and she kind of takes the doll out of your hand and she, she starts to tear it apart and she kind of shoves it in your face. And she says, do not make the same, same mistakes as I did. Make sure that, that the toys you bought you buy are appropriate for, for your child. And, and uh, as, you, as she's tearing this up, she's tearing this doll into pieces and as she's shoving them in your face that they're sticking into your skin uh, and cutting onto your skin as it's grown these sharp edges back. And she's just bombarding you with these things, just talking about that you should buy the appropriate toys for your child. Um, well, I'm going to have to dirty myself with violence and disable her because she's cutting me. Um, okay. And I'll do that by grabbing her hands, grabbing her wrists and uh, kind of shoving them down towards her hips and mine and then pushing her back so that okay. she falls. Well, make your roll on that. Oh, right. My dice. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, so nine. Okay. Um, so, okay, so yeah, you grab, you grab onto, you said you wanted to grab her wrists to make her stop, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, you grab onto her wrists and you force them down. And as you grab, you feel, you also are grabbing her hands a little bit and you, these, 
pieces of this doll which are kind of more like nails are shoving into your hand as you restrain her from shoving this stuff into your face and she she lifts her legs up and kicks you right in your stomach and drives you backward but but you have stopped her from shoving these these pieces of this doll which now feel like sharpened nails into your face um okay i'm gonna try to run out of the room (laughs) at this point um i'm gonna try to escape but i want to propose a truth okay yeah and so she uh, you see her, and she stands over you, and she starts to yell at you, and her voice starts to change into this deep man's voice. Uh, and he, she said, and she's repeating the same things. You, you buy toys that are appropriate for our son. You don't buy these dolls. You buy toys. What kind of mother are you? As it's screaming, and and you kind of roll out of the way. And what truth did you want to propose? Um, Still, this woman just with this deep voice that's screaming at you about how how motherhood should be and how what mothers what's expected of mothers the interaction between them and their children. Yeah, I'm gonna propose the truth that obviously she blames herself for whatever happened to her child to make that child die or get severely hurt or whatever. Um, but it's not entirely her fault because there are two parents and maybe it wouldn't have happened if Bluebeard was around more. And bought the child toys too, and then I'm gonna leave the room. <laughs> okay, that sounds. Is that disloyalty? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> what is the token of disloyalty that you take as as you roll out of the way of this woman that's berating you with this deep man's voice and telling you that that you you're not a good mother and that that you failed your child? I think I'm gonna take the bouncy ball. Okay, so you, you grab this bouncy ball. And you run out of the room, and as you grab the door, you go, you turn the handle, and you see this vision in your mind of this this boy playing. You can't see his face, but he's playing on the steps, and he's running, and he throws the doll up, and it lands at the top of the steps, and he runs to grab it. And as he gets to the top of the steps, he hears something, and his attention is diverted for just a moment, and he steps on this toy and slips and, and tumbles down the stairs with an audible crack at the end. Ooh, my poor child. And you, you make it out of the room. So now we've got three tokens of disloyalty. So as you exit the room, uh, you give you can pass the ring on to someone. Um, I will pass it along to Animus. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, Anim- so the door slams behind you. You after you've seen this vision of this child tripping on this toy and tumbling down the stairs and. It's at this at this moment you feel that you look at these tokens in your hand, the bouncy ball, the piece of the dress, this silver ball. Um, and in your other hand, you see that you're holding this small, this small, just basic key. It's just a short key with three, three teeth on it. And you and you begin to feel maybe it's time that that you check out this room that you have been forbidden by your husband. Okay. So you make your way through. So you you stand in front of this this basic door. Uh, there's nothing special about it. It's just a wood door with just a small keyhole in it. And do you decide to do as as a group? Do you decide that you're going to go into this room or are you going to flee? Because you've you've collected these tokens of disloyalty. You feel like like there is something going on here. That Bluebeard has done something. So are you going to go in or are you going to flee flee the manor and just try to save yourself? I think we all have decided that we are going to go into the room. Yep. Okay, so you slide the small key, the small simple key, into the simple door. So you enter this room, and it's dark. Uh, but there's just barely, there's a fire burning in a in a 
in a fireplace at the end, and it's ca- casting off just enough light. You can see there's these shadow boxes that are lining the walls, and there's a single chair facing the fireplace uh, at the end, and that seems to be the only thing in this room. So okay. as you make your way as you make your way through, uh, you well, what do you want to do? Do you want to just head to the fireplace? You want to investigate any of the? And there's no like game mechanics it's just basically you narrate what you want to do okay well i'm gonna walk to the fire warm up for a few seconds button my shirt down just kidding i don't know <laughs> and then i'll uh, go <laughs> i'm going to go and check out one of these shadow boxes okay so you walk up uh to the fireplace and you warm up a little bit and you look over to the left and you see in this shadow box there are two eyes with pins straight through them straight through the pupils pinning them to the back of the shadow box Okay. And you walk to the next, and you walk to the next one, and you see the same thing—a different set of eyes. These are blue, and then you walk to the next one, and there's some brown eyes. And then as you make your way around the room, you see all these shadow boxes on the wall just have to have a pair of eyes with pins shoved straight through the pupil, just staying sitting, just uh, stuck in these shadow boxes. Okay. Well, I'm gonna have a quick snack. And then I'm going to head over to the box with the green. Is there a box with green eyes? So you make your way over to one of the shadow boxes that you saw that had green eyes in there. And as you're looking at it, you can see tears are just running down from where the eyes are. There's just these two trails of just where tears have been running. Okay. And as you do that, you hear... You hear um, somebody stand up from the chair that's in front of the fireplace. So you hear a voice that says, you were forbidden this room. What are you doing in here? And then I respond with, I had questions that needed to be answered. And as you turn around, you see that your husband, Bluebeard, is standing there. And he is he's standing tall and his, and his eyes are just as just intense as he walks across. And he says, but you were forbidden this room and I expect you to follow my orders as I as I tell them, and he pulls out his sword, uh, this sword from a scabbard that's hanging on his hip. And he says, "You were told to stay out of this room. You you could go to any room in this house, but this one." What do you have to hide? He says, "I have nothing to hide. I just expect to be obeyed." And he raises the sword, and he goes to bring it down. And as it's flashing towards your face, another sword comes out and blocks it. And you look up and you see that it is your brother who has followed you here because he also did not trust Bluebeard. And him and Bluebeard have a, begin to fight and you back away as your brother defends your honor. And the two have this uh, just elaborate sword fight and it's visceral and vicious and each of them get cut. But finally your brother kicks Bluebeard and knocks him back towards the fire and he hits the fireplace and falls before it. And he grabs your hand and he says, let's go, let's escape. And so you run out of the out of the room and you run out of the manor and you make your way back to town. And now you have a choice. Do you want to present your evidence to the town or you just want to run away and start anew, knowing that deep within your mind, Blue, you, you will fear that Bluebeard may find you again one day. Bluebeard needs to be brought to justice. This can't happen to other brides again. So I'm going to propose, other, propose to the town, propose my the evidence. Other sisters agree this is kind of a joint decision. So yes. that's good. Yeah, I think oh, yeah. Bluebeard needs to get going. Let's take this mansion down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you go and you present the these tokens that you've collected, um, and the town the townspeople just kind of kind of ignore you. They they say it, you're, it's the ravings uh, of a mad woman who who got in over her head. 
and and they 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 you you but you 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 keep going you keep showing everyone you can that you can think of these tokens and no one will believe you not even your own brother who was there with you he he shuns you and says no you just you you got in over your head in something and he just won't believe you. He he doesn't corroborate your story. And the town eventually tiring of your ravings, they they send you out to the outside of town to live on your own. And then on on your wedding anniversary every year, you receive a package that's delivered by one of the servants from the home and you open it up and inside there's just this cracked mirror every year. It's a different mirror and the glass on it has been cracked. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> So he gets away. Yeah. So we, so did we fuck that up? No. Oh no, no. You didn't mess anything up. Uh, sorry, I just trailed off. I need to wrap it up. So let me. Okay. So so you every year you receive the these uh, these mirrors in the in the in the on the anniversary of your wedding date and your family uh, shuns you and but you notice after after a while your family moves out of their house in the forest and moves into a house in town uh, and their life becomes just a little a little better while you were left in this small small house outside of town and that is bluebeard's bride okay so we'll do one more one more time around uh, you guys can just mention anything you want to mention uh, where people can find you again and then yeah that'll be it well, if you want to if you want to hear more from three stupid men, you can go check out the Terror Table on any podcast app. Uh, give us a like on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and keep up to date. We talk about all things horror movies, horror video games, horror books, and uh, yeah, we're going to have a pretty special year ahead of us now, so now is a good time to hop on if you haven't. Um, you can also check out my band on Facebook, which is titled Glass Hound. Uh, we will be putting a CD out in the next uh, six months here, so if you're into progressive metal, uh, that may be your thing. And uh, other than that, just keep listening to uh, Kent's podcast. That's thanks a lot for having us on, Kent. I, this is a lot of fun, and becoming friends with you has been one of the best parts of becoming friends with you and Lana has been one of the best parts of being a part of the podcast community. So it's cool that we got to do this. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, I, I mean, finding your podcast has just been, in a lot of ways, one one a big blessing for me. It's just really kicked me into back into creative mode so that's awesome all right lana you can Aww. go next anything you want to talk about thank Bye. you so much for for coming on the show <laughs> oh thank you so much for having me i had so much fun um and seriously it's been the best over the past year getting to know you kent and mitch and the rest of the terror table and courtney um i really I'm so happy that I'm friends with you guys um, and get to do things like this and have these opportunities. Um, you can find me, thesilenceofthelana.wordpress.com, and from there you can find my Twitter and Instagram if you're interested in reading me talk about movies that I like or books that I'm reading. Um, yeah, and that's pretty much it. Thank you so, so much. I had so much fun, um, and I can't wait to do this again. All right, Courtney. Thank you so much for, for coming on and uh, figuring out you, you and Mitch working and figuring out how to make it work for you guys. Um, anything you want to say now, you can. Um, well, I don't really have anything going on like all of you guys do, but it was really fun to come on. When Mitch asked if I wanted to come on the podcast, I was like, hell yeah, I want to play a game with you guys. That sounds awesome. This is directly up Courtney's alley. 
Yeah, it's exactly my kind of thing. And it's been really cool. Like, obviously, I don't really listen to Mitch's podcast that much, but he always talks so highly about all of you guys. So it was really fun to actually be able to talk to you. It almost seemed like we were all sitting around the same table hanging out. And that's pretty cool. All right. And that's it. That wraps up Bluebeard's Bride. I really hope you enjoyed it. It's kind of a change in pace for this show, but it was a really important game to me, and I'm really glad that I got to run it, and I look forward to running it again in the future. Maybe for the show, maybe not. Maybe I'll just do a home game with some of my friends just to learn the rules a little bit more before I bring it back on the show. But anyways, like I said up top, be sure to go check out Mitch at the Terror Table. Go check out Lana at her blog, Silence of the Lana, at WordPress.com, and just you know follow Follow Courtney on Twitter and Instagram. She's a really cool person. She has a lot of great insight on horror movies and stuff like that. So definitely follow, give her a follow and check her out. I'm sure you'll be very entertained by her, by her content she's putting out through her social media. Remember, Victory Condition Gaming Channel, tonight, the night this comes out, that's January 11th at 9 p.m. Eastern, listing my top five games of 2017. You probably already know what my number one might be based off just what I talk about all the time and this week's episode. But definitely check us out if you can and subscribe to Doug's channel. He's got a lot of great content. Doug's a great guy doing great stuff. And with that, I guess we're all done. So remember, folks, get out there, have fun, and roll to play. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Visit Roll2PlayPodcast.com for more information. R-O-L-L-2PlayPodcast.com Like us over on Facebook at Roll2PlayPodcast. Follow us on Twitter at Roll2PlayPod. Have a question or comment? Email us at Roll2PlayPodcast at gmail.com If you want to play with a game with us, just hit us up on any of our social media and let us know. And lastly, our music is the intro track from the Spellbreaker EP by Tritachion. Visit soundcloud.com slash tritachion.